0: that's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-ch-chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I'm Jessica Ettinger, CNBC. Stocks are giving back some of yesterday's rebound rally gains this morning on Wall Street. Citi raised its odds of a global recession up to 50% as it sees consumer demand starting to soften. Bitcoin is above 20,000 this morning after falling below 18,000 last weekend. President Biden this afternoon will formally ask Congress to temporarily suspend the federal gas and diesel taxes for three months. For gas, that would save drivers about 18 cents a gallon. It's unclear whether he has the votes to make it happen. Happen. Prices at the pump have slightly eased again today. AAA says the national average for a gallon of regular down another cent from yesterday at about $4.95 a gallon. Demand for adjustable rate mortgages is, is surging. Interest rates just made their biggest jump in 13 years and that may have spurred home buyer demand as buyers worry rates are going to pop even higher. Jessica Ettinger. CNBC. If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom, but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. For a virtual or in-home appointment, call 800-826-9895. That's 800-826-9895. 800-826-9895. 9895
2: This message is sponsored by Greenwise Financial. Did you know if you have over $10,000 in credit card bills, you have a right to settle that debt for less than you owe? We are GreenWise Debt Relief. We specialize in saving people just like you thousands of dollars off their credit card balance. If you want to put more money in your pocket, call us for free information now. 800-200-3785. That's 800-200-3785. 800-200-3785.
3: You're listening to The Rick Smith Show on KCAA. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor, Teamsters 1932, a strong union with 14,000 members in the IE. Go to Teamsters1932.org for more information. Are you underpaid and overworked? Is a living wage and employee benefits like affordable health care more of a dream than a reality for you and your family? If so, it's time to form a union. Don't be denied the wages and benefits you deserve. Come together in a union with the power of numbers. A union is not a privilege. It's your right, and it will make a difference. Contact Teamsters Local 1932, a powerful and successful labor union in San Bernardino, by visiting teamsters1932.org organize to start today. I'm Rick Smith, host of The Rick Smith Show, inviting you to listen to my show during the noon hour every weekday right here on KCAA. My show is sponsored locally by Teamsters 1932, a strong union with 14,000 members in the IE. Our message is clear. Unions improve the lives of working people. You have a right to form and join a union, so go to Teamsters1932.org and get started now.
2: Located in the heart of San Bernardino, California, the Teamsters Local 1932 Training Center is designed to train workers for high demand, good-paying jobs in various industries throughout the Inland Empire. If you want a pathway to a high-paying job and the respect that comes with a union contract, visit 1932trainingcenter.org to enroll today. That's 1932trainingcenter.org. Are you looking for a good union job? The Inland Empire's 14,000-member strong Teamsters Local 1932 has opened a training center to get working people trained and placed in open positions in public service clerical work and in jobs in the logistics industry. This is a new opportunity to advance your career and raise standards across the region. Visit 1932trainingcenter.org to enroll today. That's 1932TrainingCenter.org. Are you graduating high school soon and wondering what to do next? College is one option, but why not consider the high paying jobs made possible by Union Power? Labor Union Teamsters Local 1932 has opened a training center to get you into the high school to high paying job pipeline. You'll learn all the skills needed to excel in opportunities across industries. Visit 1932trainingcenter.org to enroll today. That's 1932trainingcenter.org.
3: And welcome, brothers. Sisters, working class heroes, this is the Rick Smith Show. Thanks so much for being here today on the big program. Lots to get to, lots to talk about. Another hearing number four of the January 6th committee hearings and by far, in my view, the most compelling of the hearings. One jaw-dropping one-liner after another dagger after dagger in the heart of the failed coup. Trump, not happy. Trump, very unhappy, in fact, went after the Arizona Speaker of the House, uh, Rusty Bowers, just before Bowers was to testify. Uh Trump accused him of being a rhino, which, if you know anything about this guy, not a rhino. This guy is... Ideological way right. This is not. I know everyone saying, "Oh, he's a hero. He's great. Oh, he's amazing." No, no. This this guy way out there. Just happens to be that he has a bit of integrity in you know maybe the the oath of office thing, kind of important. Uh, but Trump, you know, came out and said that you know Bowers told him that <laughs> that the election was rigged and that that Trump won uh yeah evidently evidently in some delusional conversation that trump had with this guy um yeah just made it up now interestingly enough you know the the conversations that you're that you heard today and i was waiting for the the perfect the beautiful phone call the one between trump and brad rafson parger i i couldn't get past and we've all heard it. You know, Trump wanted Raff and Parger to find whatever "find" means to find 11,800 votes because that he needs one more. But he went into this rant about how I know I've won by 400,000 votes, and and my thought is, well, here's the thing: this is this is where the delusion comes in. I, I only need 11,800, but you, if you're claiming you won by 400,000. Why aren't you asking for 400,000? I mean, if they're there and you know they're there and the proof is supposedly somewhere there, why aren't you asking for what you're you're rightfully entitled to? Look, I've, I've argued grievances and I've done things in the past where I've gone, you know, I feel cheated. I've wanted what I've been entitled to. So if, if Trump truly believed this and this just wasn't a power grab, a delusional power grab, why isn't he calling for the, the, the 400,000 votes that he, he seems to think he believes he, he, he won by? Now, look, Bowers, by far, in my view, the most compelling of, of witnesses. Probably one of the most compelling witnesses ever in a congressional hearing. I mean, I, he was authentic, uh, he was emotional. I thought at one point he was going to burst into tears. Steal a Bill Clinton line. You could You could feel his pain and and look not not a great guy i'm I'm not going there. I know everyone's no, no, he's a hero, no, no. He stood up in a moment where millions of Americans of the past have done. He stood on his principle, he stood on his oath, he stood on his word. Only now in this era of Trump is that really an amazing feat, I think you know I, I go back to my my grandparents generation you know one of the things my grandfather instilled in me is you know you got two things in this world and and every man knows this you got you, you got your boys and you got your word and you don't break either one of them and your word being the most important thing you never never break your word and a true a true test of someone's character is what they do in that moment when their word is in jeopardy when they can't keep their word or someone's attacking them. This this guy, I give him credit. He's, he's, he deserves the credit that he he deserves. In this moment, he stood his ground and stood his word. I'll give him that. Same thing with and Parger, same thing with Gabriel Sterling. Um, look, overwhelming. Uh, I, I can't imagine the pressure these people are under and the stories that they told. Look, these these are Republicans getting beat up by Republicans and, and oddly enough, here's here's something else that caught my attention and I want to hear your thoughts too. 1-866-416 Rick, 866 416 7425 I I found it interesting that that a number of people quoted scripture, talked about religion, you know in 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 this context of, of you know, faith and religiosity, yet these are the same evangelical type minds that said you know, Trump was our guy, that they could forgive all of the sins of the Trump, that you know, God sent him to us. You know, I still remember someone telling me the the story, you know, you know, of a, you know, and it, it's a really bizarre, you know. Uh how you know you know God sent a person on a rowboat to save somebody and you sent him away because he wasn't perfect, and you know God sent somebody else to rescue you in another situation, but that person wasn't perfect, but they were sent anyway, and you know Trump's not perfect, but he's who was sent. he was the vessel of our savior um not so much, and <laughs> I just find it interesting that that this is where this is this is where we've gotten. Uh, now uh, I, I listened to Sterling uh, Gabriel Sterling tell his story. Uh, he was an election official in Georgia. You know, going look, you know, there's there's no fact here. You know, stop. Uh, there's no evidence that that there's fraud. There's no none of the stuff that you're saying is true. Uh, his quote was, "It's kind of like uh, a shovel trying to empty the ocean." It, it was frustrating. I even have family members who I had to argue with about some of the things. Uh, I would I show them things, and the problem you have is you're getting to people's hearts. Once you get past the heart, the facts don't matter as much. And this is where things are. People have vested in Trump well beyond reason. And I've never believed that much in any politician that some of my Trump supporter friends have put in, into a guy who's always been viewed as a con man. And I guess that's the greatest con of all you look at all of these people around him that bought it absolutely bought it i mean it's it's remarkable and what i found most interesting and what i what i as i'm watching these hearings what i'm finding even more interesting is the the two different the two different faces the janice face of the republican i look at rona mcdaniel for those who don't know, Rona is the, the chairwoman of the the RNC. Publicly, she's, you know, all team Trump publicly. She's all you know team GOP pushing the line, pushing the corporate line, you know, all of that. But in her testimony, what we saw. She threw Trump right under the bus. There is no way that there is any deniability by Trump at this moment that he didn't know that the fake electors were happening because she put him directly in the middle of introducing her to John Eastman. There is no gray area. There is a direct line from Eastman to Trump to McDaniel. There's there's no gray area. This is it. So, you know, I look at this and I'm going, but hold on, you know, but I remember, you know, her, you know, COVID, yeah, the company line, it's all rigged, it's all this, it's all that. But, you know, when she was under oath, all a different scenario. Same thing with the daughter. Uh, Ivanka uh, evidently was interviewed. Here's the, here's another beautiful thing. Our TV, our former TV president actually had a documentary crew following him around the last six weeks that no, nobody knew about. Evidently, none of the inner circle realized that there was a crew following. And I, I don't know how you don't know. Now, look, I, I know that there's always an entourage following the president. There are cameras everywhere. But how do you not know in intimate settings that there's a there's a strange guy over here with a camera recording everything who has access that nobody else has? I. I but evidently, this guy interviewed Ivanka Trump, who... You know, basically told an entirely different view to this filmmaker that she told under oath. And this, this again, as I've been saying all along, is the fascinating part of putting your hand on that book and saying, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, but the truth So help me, God. Uh, because the, the person with the robe can throw your behind in jail. I just find it quite, quite interesting how that works. Uh, And the number of people throwing, throwing the Trump under the bus. And look, even even the F channel is now going, well, you know, there's some voices over there going, well, maybe maybe he did commit a crime. Oops. There's going to be a pivot. It's going to happen very soon because these hearings for all of the MAGA, you know, there's nothing here, nothing to see. Move along for all of the Jim Jordans. Nobody's paying attention. People are paying attention. When they're saying nobody's paying attention, people are paying attention, and there's going to be a pivot, and that pivot is going to be turning on Trump, and that is going to be fairly entertaining, because it'll be be interesting to watch him then just go full-on scorched earth.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
3: And this is still developing, I understand. Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin, it's being reported that evidently a package was delivered to his office. It had the fake elector forms in there that uh, evidently his staffers were going to hand deliver to Mike Pence. There was some talk of that maybe Ron Johnson was going to take it and hand deliver it. Pence's office said, no, don't, don't, no, don't. It didn't happen. Ron Johnson is running away from this as fast as humanly possible, trying to claim, "No, I didn't know anything. I wouldn't do it." I don't know what I believe in there. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard Ron Johnson speak. I got to tell you, don't believe a word of it. He was eyeball deep in all of this. Going to be interesting to see where this goes. Now, again, the one-liners were plentiful. Uh, Benny Thompson, the, the chairman, said, "You know, the lie hasn't gone away." It's corrupting our democratic institutions. And he pointed out, look, you got a bunch of these people who have who have committed to the big lie, who have internalized the big lie, who are living the big lie. Oh, no, no, it's that the election was stolen. Now running for positions of power. That they could do what Trump wanted. All of these Republicans line them all up. Raffin, Parger, Bowers, Pence, all of these people all of these witnesses, to do what Trump wanted to do. And the chaos that could come out of that, it's crazy. Former Attorney General Bill Barr said, we didn't see any evidence of fraud in, Fult- in the Fulton County episode. Episode. Like, it's a TV drama. <laughs> you know, I, okay, I, I guess this is where we've gone. Uh, Liz Cheney said each of these efforts to overturn the election is independently serious. Each deserves attention by both Congress and the Department of Justice. Hey, Merrick Garland, where are you, Mark? Uh it's time. It's it's time. It's time to start to start looking at this. Because you know, Adam Schiff was right. The system held, but barely. The next time around, the question is does it hold? Now there were a couple of lines that that really caught the attention um Speaker Bauer said, uh, "I don't want to be a winner by cheating and I, th- I think a lot of people you know grabbed onto that uh he said also that this is this is a a tragic parody yeah. but my one of my favorite lines was something that evidently Rudy Giuliani told bowers. Uh, we've got a lot of theories we just don't have the evidence and if we're going to sum up this entire hearing i think that's it we've got a lot of theories a lot of theories we just don't we just haven't concocted enough evidence yet interesting day i'd love to hear your thoughts if you paid attention if you watched was this the? Do you agree with me? Was this the most compelling of the four? Uh, I just found it fascinating the phone calls, the audio, something to be desired. You figure, you know, they'd have better than that. But uh, I thought today was the, today was bombshells. One eight six six four one six Rick. One eight six six four one six seven four two five. If you want to weigh in on what you thought of the hearing, and really, should should we be looking at at not just Criminal charges for Trump, but you know, start looking at some of these other uh, co-conspirators. The Eastman looking for a pardon, even then. Some of the Congress people. Hmm, interesting. Quick break. Right back after this. If you're a fan of the show, you've heard our labor history in two segments. And you can hear them on the radio pretty much anywhere in the U.S. Labor history has never been more important than it is right now. So here's what we'd like you to do. Tell a teacher. Tell a teacher that labor history is important and that they can get digestible two-minute lessons that are absolutely free. Free to download, free to use, free to share. Tell a teacher to go to thericksmithshow.com backslash history and help us put labor back where it belongs in the classroom you know generations of american workers fought bled and died to build the american way of life it's our job to keep their stories alive go tell a teacher that we're here to help them do just that find us at the rick smith backslash history today
2: welcome back to the rick smith show now here is rick smith
3: So, the Donald uh, applauded the Texas Republicans. Uh, they, they've got a platform. They do. Hey, look, here's the thing. I, I, guess, I guess, at a certain level, you got to give credit to the Texas Republicans. At least they have a platform, as where the National Republican Party, um, not so much. They just said, whatever Donald wants, whatever King Lear wants, that, that's where we'll go. Uh now he he was clearly praising the Republicans in Texas uh, for their position that Joe Biden was not legitimately elected. That plays into his frame, makes him very happy. Um but here's the here's the here's the scary part about their platform. One of the little tenants in there, and get ready for this, and, and we'll probably talk a lot about this in the coming days, they want to move to a state level, like an electoral college kind of voting scheme. Because what they realize. They realize their stranglehold on the state of Texas is probably going to go away, that it's becoming more democratic, and they're probably going to have to start competing with actual ideas, and that their hate and their, their division and all of the things that they've been doing, not really going to be very saleable in the coming coming years. So they've got to figure out how to, well, gerrymander and, well, make those votes not really count. Yay. And look, this it's going to start in Texas. I can see that coming to Pennsylvania, as uh, as they can't win statewide elections here. Uh, this is a great way to to use that gerrymandering power. Uh, anyway, let's go to the phones. We've got Alice on line one. Alice, how are we today?
4: We're okay. How are you?
3: I'm good. What's on your mind? Did you watch the big hearing?
4: Yes, I did. We watched uh, most of it, and uh, my husband and I were just sitting there shaking our heads because you know, they're sitting here naming names and they've got they've got the evidence right there and it's like, when are we going to start hauling people up and locking them up? You know, and I'm telling my husband, I said, Well, you know, last night um, Bob Nay and you talking about, you know, the uh fake electors and um Uh, I I was telling my husband, I said, I know for a fact, because one of the men who helped write some legislation was on, you know, the Rick Smith show. And my husband's going, so what's the holdup? I'm going, you know, apparently we can't make people cry because they did something bad. I don't know. (laughs) But I I think everyone that's got any sense, which is probably about 70% of us that's watching the hearings, we are sick of seeing these people. Have nothing happen to them when they've done something that's illegal, and they do it over and over. And, again, as for the dingbats in Texas, and I still have relatives down there, um, you know, they're just insane. And it's like, what makes you think that once you do that, that we're going to let you keep all the, um, you know, the forts and and that all the companies down there are going to stay? Because I don't think they are. It's you just got to shake your head and go, oh, my God. In fact, my neighbor across the street that's the uh, evangelical, she and I were kind of sort of talking today. And you got to dance around easy with with her. But she was saying, you know, Reagan did not do anyone any favors when he got closed all the the mental hospitals. There seems to be a lot of crazy people. And I said, you have never spoke truer words. So There's truth I don't
3: there. know. I'm right there with you. Yep. <laughs> Thanks Alice. Appreciate no, you. Have a good evening. It. Good stuff. Um yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there. We we've got a lot of mental health issues. Um most certainly need to be working on this. But you know, I look at this this move toward an electoral college scenario. This is the way that the rural rural communities have uh, have figured out how to dominate the the cities. Uh the urbans. And this is the next fight in this. This is like a state like Pennsylvania, where it's you it, know you're, you're going to gerrymander things uh, in a way that you know statewide elections then start going the other way. Get ready for this this kind of a mentality to to be in other states uh, if they if they can do it now again you know I who knows with our crazy Supreme Court who knows for instance there was a seven to two decision today. Uh, that evidently the court decided that a conviction for attempted robbery uh, under the federal Hobbs Act, which, again, gets into a whole bunch of different things. It's a definition of a crime of violence. Uh, but evidently, just by having the gun now isn't now considered a violent crime to trigger this intense sentencing. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm going, is this is this about the gun now? I mean, are we are we backing off of that? dangerous waters in my view uh but you know scary also supreme court decided that they're going to be able to use federal they're going to be able to use taxpayer dollars to fund religious schools that's kind of new and as i said earlier today this is the wet dream of god incorporated Uh, because if they can get their hands into the education money this is this is Oh, my gosh, this is a game changer for them. This is how they finish off public education, because I actually know people who their their game plan is. The big plan is to make sure that that dollars are attached to students, that every student is worth X amount of dollars. This is what the charter movement has done masterfully, that each student's worth 10 grand so that they can get the head in the door. Cha-ching, 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 10 grand, 10 grand, 10 grand where the religious community wants to take the homeschool folks. Their goal. Their goal is to go, no, no, no. What we want to do is we want to start our own church schools. We want to start our own uh, these these school. And then each kid, each of our own kids, we get get ten grand. So we we got four kids. We make 40 grand a year educating our own kids. And the state's going to then pay us for this. That's the goal. And this this is, I think, a step in moving in that direction. Uh, at the end of the day, this is another step towards destroying public education. Of which I think is vital to our community. And as you know, I'm someone who believes in community. I, I, I think what's happened over the last 40 years, you know, she brought up Reagan a minute ago. One of the great disasters of the Reagan revolution was he tore us apart. This idea that we're all hyper-individuals and we're all on your own, the one who with the most toys when they die wins, greed is good. That ripped our communities and ripped us apart. We need things that are going to pull us back together. We need things that are going to make us one again, make us a nation again. Not more ripping and shredding and and hyper-individualism. Just my thought love to hear yours. You can email me, rick at the com. Got lots to get to. If you miss any of the program, make sure you grab the podcast. Always there, always available. Wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Make sure you check that out. Like, share, subscribe. Make a comment or two. Quick break. Right back after this. Stick around. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two this day in labor history, the year was 1943. That was the day United Mine Workers President John L. Lewis issued strike orders at the nation's mines calling out more than half a million miners. The third general coal strike in three months defied the wartime no-strike pledge. Miners raised several demands, including wage increases, an end to the dangerous third shift, and portal-to-portal pay. High wartime inflation only worsened miners' already low wages. Early that spring, Lewis denounced the mine owners, the War Labor Board, and the Little Steel formula used to calculate wartime wages. He warned the formula meant starvation for workers and the end of collective bargaining. By April, President Roosevelt had ordered wage freezes. Miners began walking out of the pits even before the strike call as soon as the War Labor Board handed down their decision on June 19th the board had rejected all of the miners' demands. The United Mine Workers responded, stating, quote, no member and no officer of the United Mine Workers of America would be so destitute of principle and so devoid of honor as to sign or execute such an infamous yellow dog contract. Though the United Mine Workers were forced to call off the strike the next day, some miners continued to stay out in protest. Four days later, Congress passed the dreaded Smith-Conley Act, dubbed the Slave Labor Bill, in response to the strike. Throughout the summer, miners across the country would rage against the government for threatening them with conscription and jail time if they dared refuse the terms of the decision. By November, the miners would walk out a fourth time and finally win many of their demands, at least from the War Labor Board. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at laborhistoryin2.
5: Right before our eyes, an invaluable American species is fast disappearing from view. Cartoonus Americanus. These are newspaper cartoonists who've long delighted readers and infuriated power elites. And there's nothing natural about their sudden decline. It's not the result of a dwindling talent pool and certainly not due to a lack of political targets. Rather, what's happening is that their media habitat is being intentionally destroyed.
4: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Around the start of the 20th century, some 2,000 newspapers featured their own full-time cartoonists. But in just the last decade, those healthy media environments have shriveled. So now, only a couple of dozen newspapers have these vibrant artistic journalists on staff. One major reason is that most U.S. papers have been gobbled up by profiteering hedge funds that have merged, purged, and plundered these essential local sources of news and democratic discourse. The overriding interest of these Wall Street owners is to cash out a paper's financial assets and haul off the booty to boost their personal wealth. Journalism and democracy be damned! Thus, they view cartoonists as a paycheck that can be easily diverted into their corporate pockets, dismissing the fact that enjoying good local cartoonists ranks as one of the top reasons people give for buying the paper. Note that this mass extermination is not old-school media censorship, but sleight-of-hand money censorship by the new monopolistic order of newspapering. Political cartoonists are still free to express any opinion they want, but the Wall Street system locks them out of their primary marketplace. Censorship is ugly, but eliminating paychecks, well, that's just business. This is Jim Hightower saying, yet these freewheeling spirits of the cartooning craft are inventing new ways to connect with America's strong demand for their fun and important work. To connect with them, go to editorialcartoonists.com.
2: Welcome back to the Rick Smith show now here is Rick Smith
3: so I gotta tell you I'm I'm looking at this Rick Scott <laughs> oh the the entitlement all oh, the privilege the privilege of Mr. Scott uh, the Florida Senator who's worth about what about a quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, evidently, he recently re- uh, introduced a plan to raise taxes on you, me, the working class of the of the country, while ensuring that he and his wealthy ilk, uh, their tax cuts are permanent. This is the same guy who wants to gut Social Security, same guy who wants to kick poor people off of food stamps. Uh, evidently, just said that Americans are the most spoiled people on Earth. Yeah, evidently. Uh, this is from the guy who oversaw the largest Medicare fraud in the history of the country while he was CEO of Columbia HCA. Um uh, do you feel spoiled uh I, wow we're in very very bizarre times uh anyway good news today the the uger for the Uyghur forced labor prevention act evidently went into effect today uh the question is, is how will the biden administration how will they enforce that and here to share some thoughts on how we ensure that it is enforced properly and how we, well, how we take on what's going on with China right now. I've asked our good friend Scott Paul to come talk with us. Scott is the president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, americanmanufacturing.org, their website. Scott, thanks for taking time for us.
6: Hey, Rick. It is uh, great to be with you tonight.
3: So walk me through, what is this Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention yeah. Act, and, and why should we care about this?
6: Yeah, it's a great question, and I'll do, I, you teed this up perfectly with uh, Rick Scott. So I ironically... The Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act came about as the result of Marco Rubio, uh, you know, Republican from Florida. Jim McGovern, a progressive Democrat from Massachusetts. Uh, A lot of human rights groups, the labor community, we fought for it. Uh, It's one of those rare things, and you know this, that uh, how rare it is to see something passed unanimously. You know, I think maybe Rand Paul opposed it. He opposes everything, as you know, but... um, but, but extraordinarily this passed the Congress almost unanimously. And, and here's here's what it does, here's why it's important. The Uyghurs are a Muslim ethnic population in Western China. Um, China has systematically, the Chinese Communist Party has systematically over the last 20 years tried to decimate Uyghur culture, uh, obviously their faith tradition. Um, and it's done this through means that the United States uh, and others have called a genocide, uh, because it's not only just trying, to, trying to destroy the culture, there's also sterilization, uh, there's uh, internment, um, there's harassment of Uyghurs abroad, uh, and there is a massive program of forced labor uh, where Uyghurs are put into uh, large, uh, with, what they will call dormitory facilities, which are prisons essentially, uh, and then sent to the shop floor, um, and they are making some of the products uh, that Americans consume. Uh, you, you know, mostly unknowingly, right? You know, so if you buy an imported shirt, uh, there is a pretty reasonable chance uh, that cotton from Xinjiang is in that shirt, uh, and that it was produced or processed in some part. Uh, by Uyghur forced labor. Uh, same with uh, some types of uh, processed tomato pro- products. Same with some types of materials that go into solar panels that are installed. Um, same as goes for a lot of the rare earth minerals that end up in lithium-ion batteries that we use not only for electric vehicles but for a lot of things wow. these days. Right, and so. So the idea, if the idea of forced labor is abhorrent to you or genocide, and it is to me, I imagine it is to everybody, then we should be banning goods that are coming from that region that are, the odds are really good that they were made with forced labor. And so there's a law that banned it It went into effect today. Um, It's going to change the business model, or it should for a lot of companies, but it's also exposed, you know, a lot of other issues. Uh, and you have like these fast fashion brands um, that are, you know, th- that are very concerned about, uh, about how it's gonna be implemented because, you know, their business model leans heavily on that kind of exploitation. So, uh, so that's, you know, let, let's celebrate the fact that we got something done, yeah. um, but we also, the fact that we had to do something uh, is really mind-boggling, and then we got to make sure that it has teeth that that we're actually following through on this. Yeah, too. it's
3: one thing to actually to to get this passed, and and the whole other thing to actually do something because, hey, you know, inflation, you know, we, we yeah. we'd love to, we'd love to do something about it, but you yeah. know, inflation.
6: Yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's you know, that's certainly an argument that some of the. Some of the importers will make. And, and I, I'll say, you know, they've been very crafty about this, Rick, because no one wants to say, yeah, we like forced labor. I mean, it's I mean, they can't get away with saying that. So, you know, they'll use very, uh, uh, you know, very intentional phrasing of things um, about let's partner on this. Let, let's let's phase this in. You know, let let's give <laughs> us the benefit of the doubt if we prove one shipment and then 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 the rest will be fine, right?
2: I love yeah, corporate We want to speak. work with
6: you on this. <laughs> so it's a lot of double speak right? And it, it, exactly. And we're saying, look, none of these guys deserve the benefit of the doubt because they've been exploiting the system. They've known about it. They've certainly know about it. there's no possible way they didn't know about it. They just didn't care. Yeah.
3: No, and there's there's the no house. way I can I can trust the the Chinese Communist Party to to ever tell the truth. I yeah. I don't even know that I I don't even know trust but verify as even I just don't ever trust. Yeah. Well, you you're right. In general, I I think it's very hard to do that
6: specifically with respect to this region. Uh, there's no international monitoring that that, that that that's even allowed now. So so we couldn't even, you know, you know, we, we couldn't even tell. Right. If if, if they're you know, it, it's and so the, the the approach of the human rights groups uh, has been to say, look, we have to assume the worst here yeah. Because, yeah. because we've seen documentation of a lot of the worst. and We can't get them in there every day. Uh, and so companies should adopt the same policy. They should just leave. They should find another source.
3: Listen to The Rick Smith Show We're here with Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, AmericanManufacturing.org, their website. If you want to check out the work that they do, if you got a question, comment, thought, something for Scott, give us a call, 1-866-416-Rick, one 416 7425 Would you buy something that you knew was uh, had forced labor in it, slave labor, something that someone was... You know, put in this situation over. I'd like to hear it, uh, you know, but I'm looking at this and we're in a moment, Scott, where, you know, China becoming much more muscular. They just put out a new uh, a new uh, aircraft carrier, I guess it is a new yeah. defense vehicle, whatever you want to call it. I, an aircraft carrier. Right. State of the art kind of thing, um, becoming much more muscular in in uh, surveillance. I mean, there's sus- right. I mean, there's. Sus- the surveillance state is just oh my gosh uh every bit of data being collected every step being monitored um the brave new world not not great
6: yeah yeah and and so the, yeah there's a lot of concerning actions and and let's be clear you know our our government uh has surveilled in the past in, in ways that were uh you know not lawful uh and they've been hold, held to account for that the the difference is we have the ability to change the government at, at the ballot box. Chinese people do not, and and here's what's happening. And, and, you, I, and first, you mentioned the military buildup. It's concerning. I mean, China has the largest navy in the world now, uh, and it, it's declared the the uh, the maritime region between Taiwan and China to be not international, <laughs> to to be essentially all. Uh, you know uh, Chinese waters, and, and and that raises serious concerns. This this reminds me a lot of Putin's steps, right? Um, you know, starting with uh, uh, you know in 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 Georgia, uh, and in Crimea, and uh, now in Ukraine, of like this creeping like territorialism uh, that leads to conflict. So that's concerning internally, and I think this is important. The New York Times uh, has done uh an extensive uh amount of research on this that the the amount of data the amount of video footage the amount of uh, artificial intelligence that goes into this the amount of facial recognition tools and other sorts of biometric data that the chinese communist party the government uses is astounding it's really unbelievable and and it gives the chinese communist party an additional tool of repression for anyone who dares to disagree with it, basically. Uh, I mean, there's nowhere to hide, um, literally, uh, now. And uh, it's problematic for a couple of reasons. First of all, the US either handed or through theft, you know, aided and abetted in the development of a lot of this technology, I mean, it's been taken over by Chinese national companies now, and 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 I'm not alleging or you know, that Apple or Google or anybody like that is is involved in this scheme, but first, but but certainly the fact that they had a presence in China um, and some of their technology was utilized for this, there, you know, that's that. I mean, I think that's the angle there, but it is super concerning because this means that China, that the that the, that the party is going to extend its reach further into China uh, and and look for this uh, surveillance technique to be used against uh, Chinese citizens abroad and others who happen to disagree with it, like Uyghur dissidents or others who are in the United States. And so so we have to be, I think we have to think very carefully uh, about how we approach this and what kind of sanctions are necessary Um, and and still also the need to speak out.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm in this position scott where right now we're we've got to decide which way we're going as a country and which which way we're going as a globe uh because there is a cold war going on right now i just don't think most americans get it uh we're so divided internally that i don't think we're paying attention to what's going on internationally and the chinese as you've pointed out are growing much more muscular uh they view themselves as the leader for the next 100 years or on well on beyond that and they are are gaining the tools to to take that control we have we have a, a brief window yeah. uh, and I know people right now are, are going, well inflation's high we need to do things to lower gas prices and make life easier here but hey um things are, are bad internationally uh, right. I have someone who keeps emailing me every day why isn't Joe Biden getting rid of the tariffs? I'm going well because uh, this would not be great with our relations with with China. It's going to continue to exacerbate our manufacturing problems. There's so many things that we should be doing outside of this, other than making China stronger. Uh, I guess, I guess, let me ask you yeah. that: yeah. Should we be yeah. doing away with these tariffs?
6: Yeah, the answer to that, Rick, is no. The, I mean, there are uh, you know tariffs in place against hundreds of billions of dollars in Chinese imports. They're there for a reason because China has uh, cheated the international trade system, um, and as you pointed out, a lot of these practices have cost us jobs, have cost us technology, have, have devastated entire communities, um, and, and th- there ought to be some, uh, you know, some economic leverage that's employed either to get the Chinese Communist Party to change its behavior or to encourage firms to get out of there and find other sources for these products, for, for consumers in the United States. Um, and when if you take these tariffs away, you lose that bit of leverage. But here's the other thing. You know, even, even the wildly, most wildly optimistic scenario about the impact of eliminating these tariffs on inflation is basically a rounding error. It, it, it doesn't even get to 1% yet. I mean it's not even close it's closer to zero percent than one percent uh and and we lose an extraordinary amount of of leverage and i'll just add that you know a national retail federation spokesperson which favors lifting the parent the tariffs even said you know what i don't know if consumers are going to see any impact at the end of this (laughs) so so there you have it i mean mean, their motivation is to make more profit and, and they certainly will make more profit if the if the tariffs go away but but, but consumers aren't going to see this isn't going to help with gas prices it's not going to help with food prices it's not going to help with airline tickets it's not going to help with home prices it's not going to help with used car uh, prices it's not going to help with new car prices there is nothing you can name in the leading drivers of inflation right now uh, where, where this is going to help uh, a single bit so it would be a huge mistake for this administration to unilaterally withdraw the tariffs uh, at this time or at any time uh, until we have a, you know, a plan B yeah. on, on how, to, how to structure our economy uh, so that we can create jobs here or find other sources for some of these
3: products. Is there a plan B? I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm you know, sadly, you know, and I've been, we've been talking about this for years. This isn't new. Yeah. We, we are on this path uh, to where we've given away our manufacturing prowess i mean we were the the leader the global leader in manufacturing for a hundred years and we handed that away uh, that was not something there wasn't a competition we didn't lose a fight we handed it off for more profits for 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 big corporations to hand out to their shareholders and their ceos yeah. this wasn't a fair fight this was a a here take it we we, we get to have cheap labor and lax environmental regulations yeah. um, now we're looking down the barrel of 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 a changed globe, not right. just here at home, but all around right. the world, a surveillance state globe. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not thrilled with the, the prospect for my children. I,
6: I understand. And there's a lot of things to be concerned about from uh, the, the political climate in the United States to the, the global climate uh, and, and the way in which it's changing uh, to, to this development of a more authoritarian and muscular kind of opposition. I mean, all of this is, is, is deeply concerning. Uh, I will say, I do think we have a plan B. I think it, it it a lot of it has to do with investment at home to make sure that we're competitive and to, and to have the capacity to do that. I, th- I think this administration does understand that. I still think that we're so afraid of scale here, Rick, and I'll just give you an example. We're quibbling right now over... $50 billion to revitalize the semiconductor industry and, and other technology industries in the United States, something that we would need to accomplish this, right? China is proceeding with $150 billion in incentives for semiconductor production. Uh, and, and it'll just do it, yeah. right? And I'm not saying we should be like China that way at all, but we need to get our act together here. You, you know, and, and, and we need to do this, uh, and, and we need to do it in a way that's going to create Jobs, because I do want to see Intel come to Ohio, and I want to see all these other investments made. I think it's very, very important. So there's a plan. Uh, whether we can scale it up enough or, or do it quickly enough, I mean, that's that's a question that we haven't that we haven't answered yet.
3: Right yeah, we got we got a lot of work to do, and we, maybe we start by banning uh, any of the things that come into this country, uh, and use this this weaker forced labor prevention act as the rationale for banning anything, uh, right there and then. At least that's my thought. But Scott, I appreciate the time. As always, great stuff.
6: Rick, thank you so much.
3: Appreciate it. Good stuff. Our good friend Scott Paul, make sure you check out their website, AmericanManufacturing.org. We'll get links out on social media. You can check out that stuff there. I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts. 1 866 416. Rick, 1 866 416 7425. You got a thought, question, comment? Give us a call. Also, if you miss any portion of the program, make sure you grab the podcast. Always there, always available. Quick break. Right back. smith and this is labor history in two on this day in labor history the year was 1877 that was the day that 10 irish miners were hung in pennsylvania they were part of a group of 20 who had been sentenced to death for allegedly being part of the molly Maguires, a group of alleged radical irish miners Miners were on strike in the Schuylkill County anthracite coal region. The Mollies were accused of perpetrating violence and murder against the mine owners newspapers helped to rile up anger against the striking Irish miners. A Pinkerton detective infiltrated the group, and his testimony doomed those he accused to the gallows. Since the hangings, many have questioned his testimony and the cases made against the miners. But at the time, many newspapers celebrated the hangings. On the day of the executions, the New York Tribune called the men quote, the wild beasts of the collieries of eastern Pennsylvania. The carbon advocate of Lehighton, Pennsylvania, declared the majesty of the law has been vindicated. The community breathes more freely now that these men who feared neither the laws of God or man have met their doom. The day has gone down in labor history as the Day of the Rope, or Black Thursday. The message of the hanging was meant to be sent to all who would dare stand up against the mine owners. In 1979, the governor of Pennsylvania posthumously pardoned John Blackjack Kehoe, one of the alleged leaders of the Molly.
5: Down the mines, those sunlight shines, those pits, they're black as hell in slime, they do their parties, prison cell. and they curse the day they try like what you hear check out more
3: at laborhistoryint
2: you're listening to the rick smith show where working people come to talk
3: so i i got an email Someone flipping their mind sent me this story by uh, David Sirota, who uh, who points out that uh, the Biden the Biden team has appointed or nominated this guy Andrew Biggs, who not someone I'm fond of, uh, someone I, I met in a number of years back here in Pennsylvania when we were going through some pension issues at the state level, uh, they brought him in, uh, the, the right wing brought him in as the, the great destroyer. Uh, he was with the American Enterprise Institute. Uh, the idea that we privatize everything and well, we no, 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 no pensions for workers, screw them. Uh, he has been put, and this is just, it blew my mind when I got sent the article and, and questioned why Joe Biden would would nominate this person to sit on this this you know pretty key uh, this pretty key board uh, that that you know oversees Social Security and Medicare uh, because this is this guy is truly a hater of the program <laughs> uh, someone who you know clearly would would want to see it uh, would want to see it privatized. Uh, But this bipartisan Social Security Advisory Board, I guess, was started back in 94 to consult the president and Congress about Social Security and the system and, you know, all the health of it. Uh, Evidently, there has to be a Republican on it. So this is who they uh, why they chose this guy. I have no idea. I think he's terrible. I think this is probably the worst choice you could have made. But this is where they've gone. So, you know, when the person sent me this, I'm. My first reaction is, this has to be a mistake. It has to be a joke. Then part of me goes, well, wait a second. This is probably who a Republican put forth. There's part of a deal going on. This is a probably a trade thing going on. And Republicans are moving to, you know, want to cut and gut Social Security. Because you look at the Rick Scott plan, Scott wants to gut Social Security. This has been their their wet dream for, well, decades, uh, they have wanted to privatize that Social Security money. You go back to the Bush years, where they they truly they had, they almost did, and boy, aren't you glad they didn't? You think about the the massive collapse in 2008. You think about the massive, you know, Wall Street downturns that could have just eviscerated your uh, your your Social Security, especially if you're at that retirement age. But having people like this on the on those boards kind of concerning to me now these are people who want to raise the the social security uh, retirement age these are people who want to diminish the benefit do away with the cost of living adjustment these are people who you know seriously there should be no security and in an in, in, in old age I'm one of the people who believe the three-legged stool you know the old FDR three-legged stool you get a little bit of social security a little bit defined benefit pension which I know is no longer something that happens in this country and and your savings you know the money that you squirrel away through when you're working. You know, however you do that through, you know 401k, IRA, basic you know, savings account, or you know, maybe a tin can in the backyard. I don't know, but you have those three. That solid three-legged stool. Sadly, over the last four year, forty years, what you've seen is, well, you know, the wages haven't kept up with inflation. Uh, people are struggling to get by. So one of the legs has been sawed off and and taken away. Your ability to save a little bit of money. The defined benefit pension has been a totally eviscerated. Corporate America has stolen that and given you these wonderful defined contribution plans. How are those working out? Sadly, for the vast majority of people, not not so well. And then there's Social Security, and they want to they want to whittle that down. Why? So they can keep you desperate. So they can keep people, you know, working till the day they die, because there's no one should enjoy their golden years. No one should enjoy a retirement. Evidently. This is this is the world conservatives want to take us to now they'll say but Rick no 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 if you were responsible your whole life and you saved and I look I'm not saying that you shouldn't be you should be saving you should be putting money into a retirement account I've got a I've got a my 16 year old has a retirement account we set that up from the day he got his first job same thing with my oldest child and we'll do it for my youngest one the second you get a job you start squirreling a little bit of money away So that when you get to retirement age, you're going to have something, but that doesn't mean you forego all else. It doesn't mean you get to destroy social security. It surely doesn't mean that you get to destroy defined benefit pensions and have no recourse. It's just crazy. If you miss any portion of the program, make sure you download the podcast. Never miss a moment. Also, I want to hear your thoughts. You got questions? You got comments? Email me, rick at the ricksmithshow.com. So, so much going on.
4: Mercury is rising all across Western Europe. Extreme heat in Europe smashes records, sparks wildfires and water rationing. Severe U.S. heat wave killed thousands of cattle. Plus,
2: Madness is coming and all we can do is try to prepare for it as best we can.
4: Right-wing Supreme Court majority poised to hand down the most consequential environmental ruling in decades.
0: All of those consequences and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The things that we're starting to see now become much worse and we get extremes that we haven't even seen before it's gonna get worse
1: much worse
0: who asked you this is your green news report okay Tessie doyan sweltering heat in europe here in the u.s cattle dying people dying This is not good. No,
4: it most definitely is not, and it is very unusual. In Europe, an historic heat wave is blanketing Europe from London to the Mediterranean with temperatures 20 to 30 degrees above normal, shattering all-time temperature records for the month of June and sparking wildfires.